Hey guys, I'm Rick. And I'm Dean. And this is Rated. Welcome to our first ever episode where we talk about any and all things entertainment. Now, before we really get into the heart of our episode and the reviews we're going to do today, Dean, I want to ask you, because I've recently watched a show that I've hate-watched, I want to ask you if there's a show that you've hate-watched recently, and um, before you get into it, I want to explain to the viewers what what it is to hate-watch something, because they may never have heard this before. Um, Hate Watch is a show that maybe you watched for a season or two and you actually enjoyed, and then after that, it became crap. But because of the investment you already had in it, you continued watching, even though you didn't like the show. Or let's say you have like a boyfriend or girlfriend who really wants to watch a show and you reluctantly agree, <laughs> so you watch with them <laughs> anyway. Um, I have my show, but Dean, Hate Watch, what do you got for me? All right, so it was a show that I believe originally aired on Sci-Fi called Merlin, and you know, Rick, I, I really like um, you know realms and like King Arthur and uh, Game of Thrones, things like that. It really is right right up my alley. So I thought that I would like um, the show Merlin, and um, I believe it was added to Netflix, um, you know, a long time ago. So there's a nice, healthy four or five seasons of fifteen to eighteen episodes. So I figured, all right, let me dive into this one. All right, so imagine King Arthur's court, except for instead of um the mystical wizard character of Merlin being an old powerful man who uses magic, he's an angsty teenager who is not allowed to use magic. And everyone in King Arthur's court are just angsty teens. It's actually horribly acted, very low budget and um, the whole show is actually set up around Merlin, the wizard, trying to convince King Arthur that magic is good, when we all know that the the story of King Arthur is that Merlin bails him out with magic all the time. So it was kind of a weird juxtaposition, and like I said, horribly acted with a bunch of angsty teens. It was just a no-go for me, but honestly, I watched the first season, and I just kind of stuck with it, thinking maybe sometime this will get better, and it just never did. That, that honestly, it sounds awful. I've... Um... <laughs> I think on Netflix or so I've come across like the, the little thumbnail for Merlin. And uh, I do remember like thinking that that can't be Merlin. That's like a 14 year old kid or something. <laughs> you know, you always imagine Merlin with like uh, almost like looking like Gandalf or something. Yep. He's got like the, the pointy hat and this, you know, big beard or something. And I, I don't know the actor who plays Merlin, but yeah, I remember <laughs> like just like coming across Merlin. Cause I, I agree. I do like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff in like realms, middle earth, things like that. I'm a big fan of a, uh, Lord of the Rings, as you know. So I remember coming across that and just like shaking my head and I'm like, but (laughs) yeah, um, it was, it was definitely pretty rough to get through. But Rick, what, what show did you uh, hate watch? What did you power through? Now I want to say my reasoning uh, for starting this uh, hate watch show. Now it wasn't entirely my choice. It was, it was a decision with someone else, but I, I agreed to this for uh, reasons similar to you watching Merlin. I do uh, like, you know, fairy tale type stuff. Um, this isn't necessarily like Middle Earth, um, but it has like there's fantasy involved. Um, a show that I hate watched, uh, and it's probably uh, a lot more people have watched this than Merlin. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly. But I have hate watched Once Upon a Time on ABC. Okay. Um, it is for those of you that don't know about Once Upon a Time. It's basically a show of about uh, fairy tale characters and uh, Disney characters who uh, are living their lives in our world and at least originally don't know it. They don't know that they are fairy tale characters. They're kind of just cursed to live in, I believe hmm. it's Maine. So they, they 
they live in this like secluded um, town in a bubble. So no outsiders don't go in and they actually never leave, but they're just living their everyday lives, you know, driving cars, going to school, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a fun idea to see what these fairy tale characters would be like and how they would be portrayed in like the real world. <laughs> and it started off not so bad. You know, it, it really, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't half bad. Um, uh, it was try- kind of fun, like seeing the regular people in the real world and then like trying to figure out what fairy tale character they might be. Cause it mm-hmm. was never at least immediately explicitly stated to you who this person was, but then you can kind of like get the hint. Oh, like, you know, that's little red riding hood or something. Things yeah. like that. And I'd say after like two seasons where, you know, the, the after they f- figured out that they were fairy tale characters living in the real world is when it just went off the rails and just became total garbage. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, the CGI that was used for some of the sets in this were sci-fi channel level sets. And okay. it was just awful, like green screen crap. Some of the dialogue was just comical oh man um the relationships and i think you know when you find out almost like a luke i am your father type thing when you find out certain characters are related to certain people it actually just ended up being this like incestual orgy of everyone being related (laughs) to everyone in one way or another i'm sure somebody was cousins with somebody and they didn't know it it was (laughs) absolutely awful yeah it sounds like a mess and what happened was it, it was seven seasons long and seasons one through six was all the same cast. And, you know, from mm-hmm. seasons like three to six, I'm like, please be over. Like, please be the last season. Please be the last season. And then season co- six comes and they're like, oh, we're pretty sure this is going to be the last season. Season six mm-hmm. ends. And I'm like, finally, it's over. You know, I, I, I invested this much time. I had to see it through. Mm-hmm. Done. And I guess ABC just like woke up one day and they thought, you know what? One more time. Yeah, let's go one more time. <laughs> one more time, man. So they come out with a seventh season mm-hmm. with an almost entirely new cast in an entirely new setting. It's mm-hmm. like it's like this just random people, random characters like in mm-hmm. Seattle. And it was the worst singular wow. season of television I've ever watched. So that that sounds like it was just a money grab because it seemed like they had a little bit of, I guess they had fans. I know that you're not one of them, but I guess they figured, <laughs> you know, let's make the fans happy. That's actually so funny you mentioned that. Um, little shout out of a canon here. There was a show like that that I watched only because of who was in the show. It was called Medici Masters of Florence, like the old family from Italy. It's pretty cool. Uh, it was actually starring Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Okay. And the first season was like it was actually like a pretty compelling show. The second season, nobody from the first one was in it, so I guess they just made like a second season. It was like a completely different show with almost like a different family, but it was still called Medici. And actually, funny enough, the the only reason why I um, thought of it is like you were saying, they made another season just because um, this second season had the actor who played King Arthur in Merlin. So I was like, man, I was like, screw this. I don't want to watch this. I think I watched like one episode and I did not end up hate watching that show to completion. But the first season, very good. Second season, I don't know what happened. It was a it was a new show. <laughs> that sounds that sounds awful. I'm glad though that you decided to to just stop your watching early yep. rather than, you know, 
saying you invested so much and continuing on through it like like I did with Once Upon a Time and you did with Merlin. But just um, walk away. <laughs> so those are those are a couple shows that we've hate watched, shows that we've watched, and we're, we're not really proud to admit it. Um, but now we're going to get into some shows that are more current, more relevant things that a lot of our listeners are mm-hmm. watching or are interested in watching. Um, but before we get into it, um, I think it's important to kind of, if you listen to our teaser or not, give people a little brief description about what our show is all about. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of our focus is going to be on streaming services. For the most part, mainly it's going to be uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu, Disney+. Plus. Um, but we're also going to talk about, of course, movies. Movies are a huge part of our entertainment consumption. Um, and we're going to uh, mm-hmm. dabble in other things, though, too, like video games, um, maybe Broadway plays, comedy specials. Uh, yep. Potentially some music. Like what? Music, tech, YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Really, whatever the fans um, kind of dictate, they want our ratings on. Um, but Rick, like you said, there's so much to stream now. There's so many different streaming services. With um, we're kind of launching our pod around the same time as Disney Plus is just uh, getting launched. So um, look for some in-depth uh, reviews on some of the sh- some of the things on each of the libraries. I know our first couple episodes probably gonna be a little bit netflix heavy but i do know that we want to have like a weekly mandalorian recap kind of not recap but like a review kind of thing i just watched the fifth episode pretty cool so like we'll be updating you with some of those things absolutely absolutely and um you know i think a lot of what's going to drive what we review is is the listeners you know if they Mm -hmm. have uh come to us with recommendations uh, of what we think we should watch, or if there's a show that they're interested in, but a little hesitant to jump into, maybe they want us to watch it first. And yeah, we'll jump on the grenade it. for you. <laughs> yeah, we will gladly jump on the grenade for you because there are some show- shows that we have jumped on and blown <laughs> up. I'm telling you. <laughs> so um, absolutely. Our first big review, though, Dean, if you want to start it off, mm-hmm. it's a show that both of us uh, have watched. It was uh, Living with Yourself with Paul Rudd. Yes. So um, I saw that it dropped on Netflix. I, I don't, Rick, I don't know about you, but I usually don't go out of order. If I'm watching like a series, I'll just watch that to completion and then I will watch like something new. I don't really have time to jump around back to a different season and it, it gets too confusing. So I, when it first launched, I got a lot of texts from like um, my friends and family saying, hey, you should check out the show, at least watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. It looked pretty cool. Um, so basically the gist of it is that Paul Rudd is kind of like a dumpy loser and then he goes to um, this massage parlor, parlor did air quotes. Um, obviously, only Rick could see that because we're on the simulcast. But um, he went to a massage parlor, which ended up being turning his life around, right? So he he's killing that work. He's no longer a dumpy loser. Goes home and sees a, a clone of himself, essentially. Um, and that's really what the show is about. It's about that this massage parlor, the reason why I did the air quotes is that it really was like a cloning facility. So it basically took a negative self of him and um, replace them with a positive self. So the show kind of answered a lot of questions, or it asked a lot of questions um, in the meta of, you know, what would you do if you had a very positive version of yourself kind of, you know, trying to push you to be better? Or what if you had a negative version of yourself kind of hanging around? But, um, you know, Rick, I don't know about you, but I kind of thought the show would be better. Um, 
uh, just seeing Paul Rudd in it, I just thought the the rent was raised, and that um, you know it'd be a very captivating and also a really cool idea that like we don't see um, new ideas happening all the time. And what I actually think of the show is that it just got progressively worse each episode. I feel like it got a little bit um, confusing with the the two Paul Rudds kind of battling each other for jockeying for position in their life. And um, just as the show went on, it got a little bit less watchable for me, a little less enjoyable. Uh, Rick, what did you think of living with yourself? Um, we're, we're not going to agree on everything on this podcast, <laughs> but this, this I completely agree with you on. Um, I, I, the, the idea for this is, is awesome. It's fun because who hasn't thought to themselves or been talking to their friends mm-hmm. about what it would be like and what would you do if you had a clone of yourself? Like you all think like, Oh, it, it'd be amazing. I, I know to, to me, like when I, at least before I saw the show thought, man, it would be amazing to have a clone of myself. I'll just, you know, send the mm-hmm. clone to work. I'll send the clone to school or whatever. I'll have yep. the clone do all like the crap I don't want to do. And I'll do all the fun, you know, amazing yeah. stuff. And then you watch the show and you're like, oh, that's probably not how it's going to go. Um, <laughs> but you're right. What happens is because the, the the idea for the show is so fun and it's new. I've never seen anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. It just felt like it fell short of the mark because I think for a lot of the show, it was just underwhelming and frankly kind of boring. You know, they yeah, it's a good word. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it too because one of the big draws for me in watching the show was Paul Rudd. I mm-hmm. am I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. Um, I love everything that he's in. Um, so I saw Paul Rudd, and I'm like, I I gotta see it. It's only um, eight episodes, about twenty to yep. thirty minutes per episode. So I'm like, it's a quick watch. I like Paul Rudd. I gotta see this, and. I got to be honest, I, 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 for me personally, I feel like if Paul Rudd wasn't the lead, mm. I, I probably wouldn't even like this at all. Yeah. Would you have turned it off? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe turn it off. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I tend to, when I start something, finish mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so, me too. So I, I feel, um, because it's Paul Rudd. I mean, even if it wasn't Paul Rudd, I think I would have finished the first season, but I mm-hmm. don't think I would look forward to or care about a second season. Yes. You well, know? honestly, Rick, uh, um, and that, that's great that you mentioned the second season because this first season kind of ended with a little bit of a cliffhanger. Of course, uh, on Rated, we're going to be very careful not to spoil some of these things because if we're giving you the recommendation, we don't want to tell you what happens in it. But um, they did leave an option for a second season, it kind of seemed. And um, typically with Netflix, they, they'll know right when they launch if they're going to do a second season or not. Um, it's really looking like they probably will. And honestly, Rick, um, are you excited? Well, not excited, but will you watch the second season? Because the show ended on such a couple of like, not like a bad note, not a good note, but more of a who cares note. It was like, eh. Like by the time I was done with the series, I was just kind of like, all right, that was, you know, eight hours of my life. Very cool. But like, I probably, if it's on, let's put it this way. If If the second season comes out, I'll probably, you know, throw it on as background noise. I won't be watching it very intently. Uh, how do you feel? Are you going to watch the second season? Uh, I'm with you on this. Um, I'm going to watch the second season. Um, once again, because I am a big Paul Rudd fan, but I'm also 
going to give them like a second chance because yeah. they they did so little I feel in season 1 with the almost unlimited options of where they could have gone with the story and the characters and stuff that I'm hoping that they do something creative fun and interesting in season 2 cuz they can mm-hmm. really go in almost any direction they want you know they didn't really put anything set in stone for season one. It was kind of uneventful, honestly, I felt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll watch season two. Um, but it's not something I'm, you know, I, I yeah, you're not counting other days for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a- absolutely. Talked about it. We were both were a little, uh, underwhelmed. We were excited for it, but it didn't live up to our expectations, honestly. Um, scale mm-hmm. of one to 10 though. Um, Ooh. what would you give it? And would you recommend it to other people to watch? Wow. Um, getting pressed. To, I guess this is what the, the people came for. They want to hear the actual number rating. Um, you know, this this may sound like a little bit of a cop-out, but I would probably give it a five. Five out of ten, middle of the pack. Wasn't It wasn't great, but it certainly wasn't bad. It wasn't the best show. It was just very average. Um, I think it was a little bit disappointing, yes, because, like you said, of the cast. Thought it would be a little bit better, and maybe that's kind of affecting my rating. But yeah, I give it a I give it a five. Um, cool idea though. And um, would I recommend it to other people? Yes, I would. Mainly because it's so popular uh, in the sense where, like, when Netflix releases new things, they put trending right up front. So all your coworkers, all your friends and family, have probably watched this. So yeah, I would recommend one you listener to uh, watch it just to see if you agree with us. And two, just because um, even if it's something that you might go back to and watch years down the line, it will probably get spoiled for you. Um, if it hasn't gotten spoiled for you already, then you might be safe, actually. But yeah, I would recommend it just because it, um, if you're a person who talks to other people, it might get spoiled. Um, if you don't care about that kind of thing, then maybe maybe not. Rick, what, what is your rating, and would you recommend it? Um. <laughs> You know what? I'm so I'm so in between a five or a six that I'm gonna go five point five. <laughs> um, but we're pretty much on the same wavelength with this. Um, as for would I recommend it or not, I'm I'm in total agreement with you on this. Um, what I would do personally is mm-hmm. I would see if my friends are watching it. Yeah. Um, strictly because uh, you know you don't want to be left out of the loop on a popular show. Like no one really wants to be left out on anything. Um, so if your friends watch it and they talk about it, sure. I would say, yeah, watch it. Um, the investment in this show is so minimal. It's like eight, like 25 minute episodes. Um, I would say if your friends aren't watching it, then I don't think you have the need to watch it. I don't think you're missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. This is nothing you're gonna, uh, look back on and be like, Oh man, I really wish I watched living with yourself. Um, yeah. So I'd mm-hmm. say 5.5. If your friends are watching it, join the crew. If they're not, keep yeah, scrolling. You let it go. Keep scrolling. Love it. All right. So I think, um, honestly, uh, for our first episode, we just kind of want to, um, try out a couple segments. And of course, um, we're going to be very reliant on fan feedback. So if guys, if you guys like a certain segment that we do or, um, any specific things that we go over, just let us know. Uh, of course, we're going to be setting up some social media sites uh, or not sites. We're going to be setting up social media accounts for you guys, which we will release in the show notes. Um, so next segment, Rick, 
Guilty Pleasure Show. What's a show that you watch or that you have watched that uh, most people wouldn't expect from you? Oh, man. This is a good question. Um, a Guilty Pleasure Show that I have, I was just told about, I recently watched. I wouldn't say people wouldn't expect this from me. Um mm-hmm. Because people, people would definitely, uh, who know me, expect me to watch this show. But you and I were both at a wedding about mm-hmm. a little over a week ago. And we were talking to one of our friends. And he says to me, I got a show you should watch. You're going to love it. I'm like, all right. You know, I mean, some most of the time I think recommendations from our friends I really like. I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. what, what do you got for me? And um, he says, he says, I think you should leave. Uh, with Tim Robinson. I'm like, hmm. I I mean, I don't, I know Tim Robinson by face. I didn't know him by name. Um, and I'm like, what is it? You know, he's explaining to me, it's a sketch comedy show on okay. Netflix. Um, and usually like Netflix original content, they're, they're always really good at promoting their own stuff. You know, you open up Netflix and they have one of their own original movies or shows that they want you to see. Mm-hmm. I have never heard anything about this show prior to him telling me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, again, it's a sketch comedy show. It's very, uh, it's got, a, it's got a pretty specific type of humor. Um, okay. Uh, for those of you who know, like the lonely Island with like Adam Sam, uh, Andy Sandberg, um, they do the digital shorts on SNL. They used to do uh, Dick in a box, jizz in my pants. Um, <laughs> I just had sex. Yeah, those guys with that kind of humor. You guys, now that I've said, you probably know what kind of humor I'm talking about. That uh-huh. that's humor I really like. It's it, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andy Samberg and The Lonely Island, I believe, produced the show or okay. produced the show. Um, but it's it's very funny. Like if you like that type of humor, you'll you won't like the show. You'll love it. Um, it's like eight episodes I think and mm-hmm. I don't even know if any of the episodes hit 20 minutes like they're like 17 minutes an episode um so easy to watch in one sitting um there's a lot of uh guests from SNL who come in for certain sketches um okay for those of you that watch The Walking Dead the the Asian guy Glenn he's in one of the he's in the first <laughs> episode for a very mm-hmm. for a very funny sketch um Tim Robinson is the main uh, character on the show. Yeah, he's in he's in every sketch. It's his show. It's called I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Um, okay. Not all the sketches are are great. I mean, like, mm-hmm. as with any sketch comedy show, there are some misses, but I think there's way more uh, good sketches than bad. Okay. Um, and it's something that I would absolutely recommend. Uh watching um yeah that, that sounds really cool so so Rick, a couple a couple ideas come to mind uh when you mentioned uh sketch comedy i one i didn't realize that netflix like had an original sketch comedy show that's pretty fun and uh two i know that you mentioned snl that's um kind of the a lot of people hail as the greatest sketch comedy show of all time i Personally, when I was growing up, I liked Mad TV a little bit better. Um, kind of a, a weird guy when it comes to things like that. The only SNL enjoyment I ever got was when we went to the museum in New York. But, uh, Rick, uh, so my question for you now is, what is your favorite sketch comedy show ever? And um, kind of a part two to that is, does this show kind of hold a candle to your favorites? 
Okay, two great questions. Before I answer those questions, though, mm-hmm. it's so funny you brought up Mad TV because mm-hmm. I think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson is pretty similar, actually, to Mad TV. So oh, okay. I, if you like Mad TV, I think you'll like this show. It's It's got this um, kind of potty humor esque feel to it you know i i enjoy potty humor like it's it's funny like kind of childish humor sometimes it's it's good um but for my favorite mm-hmm. sketch comedy show and i think you should leave is not as good as this this comedy show um my favorite is key and peel i think a lot of people are going to agree with me on oh, this. yeah i think key and peel is freaking hilarious like every mm-hmm. episode like even like like their worst clips are still like funny <laughs> like their worst clips are still like you enjoy and they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm upset it's not on TV anymore, but they're awesome. Like key and peel sketches are the type of videos that you like are hanging out with your boys and you just like throw on the TV, you Google cast it or something. You're like, yo, remember, mm-hmm. that? remember that from, from key and peel. Like people still talk about key and peel sketches today. Um, so that is easily my favorite sketch comedy show, but how about yours? That, that is so funny that you mentioned that is I, I think when it comes to comedy shows, um, being able to show it at like a party setting, maybe not a party, um, more like a group hangout when you're like, hey, check out this mm-hmm. clip. I think that's extremely important. Uh, that really is, in my mind, the mark between a funny show and a not funny show. Like, uh, for example, if someone throws onto them from Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live I groan almost like, uh <laughs> This probably isn't going to be very funny, but um, my favorite sketch comedy show ever, and I definitely have shown people clips uh, of this, is it's actually a show. I, I'm not sure what network it was actually on, um, but it's called The Whitest Kids You Know. Very funny. Very. Um, some of the sketches are actually so like popular, but no one knows like what the actual show was. Um, I know that they they do a lot of like spoof commercials, which were really funny. Um, there was one for grape soda where a guy was wearing a. a kind of like a fruit of the loom grapes costume saying i'm gonna grape you in the mouth um you guys could obviously hear the joke there i believe at one point they were like you don't hear anything wrong with this and he's like what i'm just telling them i'm gonna tie them to the radiator and grape them (laughs) (laughs) kind of funny uh rick like you were saying about um the other sketch comedy show it's uh, a certain kind of humor if you get offended maybe maybe not so good also very weird slash funny part about this group is it's five guys but they never hire women actresses. So it's always one of the guys dressed up like a girl, which is actually so, sometimes it can be pretty funny because I um, find that hilarious. Yeah. And there, there are some good ones because um, these guys are not very attractive. So it's very funny seeing them as girls. Sometimes, um, sometimes that just makes the sketch itself. And uh, Rick, actually, while we're talking about, you know, great videos that we show people, um, it's a very special shout out to um, one of our favorites ever since we were in high school, this uh, YouTube series called Magic Hugs. Very funny. I don't think they're active anymore, but if somehow, if someone from that group hears this podcast, uh, hit us up and we'll we'll collaborate. But yeah, there's some, there's some great videos there, and this has always been a staple in our friend group. Like, if we're hanging out, at, just to kick off the night, like, we might throw on um, some of their funnier sketches. So I don't know if YouTube videos are quite in the scope of this show, but um, it's definitely something that, that we watch. And hey, if there's if there's screen and people watch it, we will tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, YouTube definitely falls under the scope of entertainment. It's not, you know, a TV show or Netflix or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but if you're someone, just because we're talking about the topic, if you are someone who likes uh, Key and Peele 
or whitest kids you know or really like any type of mad tv especially even uh, any type of sketch comedy um if you like that type of humor then i would say magic hugs is a must watch mm-hmm. um it it doesn't hurt to just throw on a video that i mean it's like three minutes mm-hmm. um one of the videos we've talked about this before it's called pregnant dan and it's just like it's just like a really fat guy who's just like laying in like the grass, like rubbing his belly, and yeah. like he's just like yelling about how pregnant he is. And then there's a guy <laughs> like sitting on a bench. He's like, "There's no way he's pregnant. He's not pregnant. He's a liar. He's like looking for attention." And like all these like beautiful women like gather around him because he's like this <laughs> pregnant man. And I guess they yeah, find they his belly. <laughs> yeah, and then he like goes into labor, and then the guy on the bench actually has to help him like give birth. So. Listen, go go check out a couple magic hugs. Go check out Pregnant Dan. Go watch Cover Me. That's my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey, honestly, we might we might uh, put the link in the show notes um, for some even more free publicity. Maybe we get Magic Hugs <laughs> back together just from just from the free advertisement that they're getting from us. <laughs> I, dude, I would love that. I actually, I don't think they've posted a video in like seven years. And if, if, we, <laughs> if we can do an interview with like the magic, I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just have like everyday jobs and they're just Joe Schmoes like the rest of us. But <laughs> if, if we can get them on for an interview or honestly, just for one like, like reunion video, just like for one, the sake of it, oh, like that'd be amazing. Days, I, I would love that. Yep. Oh, um, definitely. And- and not to toot our own horns too, but uh, you know, as as people who were amateur sketch comedy artists as well, um, it'd be great kind of talking to these guys because we we've been big fans for forever, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are uh, they're, 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 they have a special place in the in the heart of our friend group. Um, <laughs> but while we're talking about uh, you know guilty pleasures, funny mm-hmm. shows, um, do you have uh, any other guilty pleasure shows? Uh, uh, that you love, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, I'm kind of like a, uh, I mean, I'm in my late twenties, uh, kind of a big dude with a beard. But very shockingly, I love cartoons. Like I watch cartoons almost all the time. I love SpongeBob. Honestly, I, I might say that SpongeBob is the best show ever. Um, just for rewatchable um, quality of it, is that it literally could be on a channel twenty four seven, and that TV would always be on in my house. But um, I would say, it, right in line with that, one of my main guilty pleasures is actually not, it's it's not the movie, it's the show, the series, although the movie's very good too, but um, there was a movie that came out fairly recently called Boss Baby, which is basically just a little baby in a suit, um, it was like a kid's movie, very funny, uh, well not very funny, but it was, it was for like little kids and stuff, <laughs> I enjoyed it, honestly, and then they made a little uh, TV show about it as well. And I happen to just love the boss baby. The little baby in a suit gets me every time sit there and watch the show is like pretty good. Um, they, it's very caper based. Um, the little babies go on little journeys and missions and things like that. And then, um, at the end, the boss baby kind of learns a lesson about family and, you know, well-being, yada, yada, yada. But I just can't get over the little baby in the, in the suit. That's a, that's a great one for me. <laughs> I will say I haven't watched the show. I watched the movie. Um, oh, great movie! Per- <laughs> I was gonna say personally, I I, I didn't like the movie, <laughs> but I I do have to agree though. Uh, a little baby in a suit with the voice of Alec Baldwin 
that in <laughs> itself is, is hilarious. Like he's got like this very like masculine, like suave like voice, and he's like in a suit and he's like like bossing. He literally bossing people around. <laughs> I don't even know how, how old is his brother, like twelve. This and this yep. infant is just like telling him what to do. So I it's mean, all part of the charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so this is like one of those shows um, that it seems like you kind of like have on in the background. You know, it's just oh, yeah. while you're doing other things. Um, yeah, and you guys are going to find out throughout the, the course of the the uh, show, uh, aside from the big ones where we kind of come together for like a, a two-person review, some of the shows that I watch that I'll bring up in maybe a guilty pleasure or like what I'm watching r- right now will be things that you have to keep with the, the, the grain of salt that I am watching it in the background or I'll look at the TV occasionally. Um, while I'm working or something like that. But, Rick, I got another one for you. If you don't like Boss Babies, you will like... Um, it's a show using the characters from Madagascar, um, specifically the the characters that were on the island of Madagascar. I actually don't remember watching any of the movies, but this show somehow found its way to me, and I love it. It's, the movie, it's a show called All Hail King Julian, which is the little lemur king from Madagascar. It's actually very well done. It's like uh, It's about him you know, rising to power in their little lemur society. And uh, the show writing is actually very good. It's very kooky, I would say. And the characters are funny and, um, yeah, just an all-around good cartoon show. So if Boss Baby is a little bit too, I would say, maybe people our age won't like it because it's so geared for little kids, this one is actually kind of like a SpongeBob where, like, if you're older, you can still watch it and laugh. But All Hell King Julian, very good show. Well, it's it's funny you bring up All Hell King Julian because I remember like when it like first came out. This was like a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, you had started watching it, and you're like, "Rick, I got the show that you, <laughs> that, that you need to watch." And I'm like, "All right, dude, I'm like I'm ready." And I'm expecting to hear this like about a drama or something, this serious show. And you're like, you're like you look at me, and you're like. All hail King Julian. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you were serious. And you were like, no, dude, it's great. Dude, it's, it's, the, it's like the people from Madagascar. It's hilarious. It's funny. Oh, yeah. And um, I, since you told me about it a couple years ago, I've had this show in my watch list on Netflix. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, I always mean to watch it, like wake up on like early on a Saturday or something and just like, you know make some breakfast, pet the dog, sit on the couch and watch some all hail King Julian. And I, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> I will tell you the, the voice of King Julian alone is enough of a selling point for me to watch. I think is, Oh yeah. Just listening to him to talk is funny enough for me. So, um, I could, you know, what it, what's it? Uh, it's not Disney. It's like DreamWorks or something. I think they, yeah, I think so. Yeah. They always do a good job with like their, their, shows mm-hmm. movies and whatnot so I, I it does seem like a fun show i've seen like little clips you know whether it be trailers or something and it, it mm-hmm. does seem like a really fun show to watch so um while i haven't seen it and i can't recommend it it is i'm gonna tell the listeners that it's something that i am actually going to check out <laughs> oh awesome i'm very glad and if you do just uh let me know i actually believe i i'm, I'm a season behind uh, i think that they released another one i i, I think that there was the last episode I saw ended on a cliffhanger. So maybe a review, maybe a, a co-op review down the line on that, on that episode specifically. But yeah, like I said, um, some of these shows are strictly background noise for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of background noise, this is uh, where we're going to get into the review for my show. Um, 
which is a show you don't watch for background noise. It's it requires your full attention. It's pretty in depth with uh, the characters, the storyline, the settings, and everything. Um, a show that I just watched this past week, and that is Altered Carbon. Um, I'm okay. Sure, I'm sure everyone has come across it uh, on on their you know Netflix feed or whatever. It's in the originals or you know featured or something like that it came out uh actually like two years ago Hmm. um and i hadn't really heard much about it honestly i never knew anybody that watched it um and what i do when before i uh watch a show is look at the reviews for it and the reviews for the show were pretty meh and mixed um and mm-hmm. if you go on Rotten Tomatoes for Altered Carbon, the critic score is a 68, and that's not so hot. Um, okay. But if you look at the audience score for Altered Carbon, which I am a part of, I am the audience, the, the audience score for Altered Carbon is 90%. So you see oh, 90% wow. for anything, and that is, you would think, it's a great show. Yeah, where's the disconnect? Well, let's get into it <laughs> because I am of the audience. I am of the 90%. I think it's great. Um, mm-hmm. So what it is, is it's, it's a, it's a cyberpunk show and that's really what drew me to it. I love cyberpunk. It's one of my favorite genres. It's um, if you ever seen Blade Runner, um, it's okay. basically the TV show version of Blade Runner. It's like the closest thing. They're very similar. Um, so what happens is, Quick rundown of it. No spoilers, I promise. If you've seen mm-hmm. the, the trailer, I'm not really giving much more information than the trailer wouldn't. Um, a very wealthy man is murdered, and he hires a guy to investigate his own murder. And you're probably thinking, how the hell do you investigate your own murder if you're dead, you're dead? Well, this is about 300 years in the future, and in this year... Uh, your body is merely just a vessel um, and your okay. your consciousness is downloaded into what they call a stack. So it's basically uh, like a little disc that's inserted into like the base of your neck. Huh. So what happens is let's say you or a character or anyone for that matter gets shot in the head. As long as the disc in your neck is still intact, you can just put that disc in a different body, go on with your life. Okay. So this wealthy person, he dies and he hires someone to investigate that murder. And the storyline, the setting, um, the characters, all very interesting, all very cool. I will say the one character, the main female lead, she can mm-hmm. get a little annoying. She's this like cop, who, you know, <laughs> she she won't stop at nothing until she gets the answer she's looking for. And I, I okay. I, I won't listen to anybody. I'm going to do what I want. So that could get that like could, too cliche almost. Yeah. That could wear on you a little bit. Um, oh, definitely. But aside from that, um, the setting is fantastic. It's actually um, on the golden gate bridge. Like okay. it's not used as a bridge anymore. Like there's like houses and stores and everything. It's, it's, hmm. it's more just used as like a street that people like live on and go to. So anyway, um, it's really fun. The, the, the mystery and the, the twists and turns that you see at the end are, are great. Um, the characters are very unique. And I was curious. I'm like, what what didn't people like about this show? Because I loved it. Yeah. Um, 
And if you go and you review, you go Google altered carbon reviews. Um, mm -hmm. One of the main problems I saw that people had with the show was they felt there was too much violence and too much nudity. Okay. And for me personally, I didn't know you could have too much violence and too much nudity. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's probably one of the reasons why I love the show. There's plenty of violence, plenty of nudity action. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a mystery too. So throw violence and nudity along with like a mystery in a cyber yeah, yeah. setting. And I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. It's like all these things that I love. So, Those are the three things that, that we look for here on this podcast. <laughs> that, that, that's interesting that you mentioned um, that the the fans said that there was too much nudity or not nudity, uh, too much violence. Uh, Rick, I guess my, my question as someone who's never seen it is the violence like warranted or is it just senseless? Like for example, um, the, the original saw like, yeah, a guy has to cut his leg off. I'm, spoiler there, but that was like very gory and weird, but it was like, it was a great movie, like leading up to that part. Um, whereas a movie like Hostel was just straight up, you know, five minutes to set up the scene and then a guy cutting people, it was kind of gross and terrible. So, um, was the violence like warranted? Uh, and like, I guess, were there fight scenes or was it more just gore porn pretty much? Um, I would, I would absolutely say that the uh, fight scenes were warranted. They definitely okay. uh, came at the right times. They were well choreographed. They added to the story. Um, there was never any senseless fighting. There was never any, you know, just shooting people just to shoot them or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It all made sense. It all flowed well. Um, the only thing I could think of maybe with the violence is that at times it can get pretty graphic. Um, okay. Not gory for graphic, um, but I mean, if you want things to be realistic and it and yep. you know have good action there's gonna it's, it's gonna be graphic sometimes now that's the word that, that came to mind when you when you were saying that I, I was thinking well in order to make it look realistic like sometimes that has to that has to happen yeah now what i will say though with the nudity um that that i could understand people saying there's too much nudity because for, for the most part i think you don't really ever need nudity yeah you know what i mean it's really just more f for fun to see people naked and just add to the sexiness of a show like, yeah you don't ever really need nudity um but you want nudity and we got it here with altered Carbon. <laughs> <laughs> so what i'll say is there is plenty of nudity um and if someone came up to me and we were talking about the show and like, hey, there's too much nudity honestly i couldn't argue with you yep um but it's a very attractive cast. It's very sexy cast. So like the people you're seeing nude here, you don't really mind seeing them nude. <laughs> you're just <laughs> honestly, they're clothed and you're like, Oh, I mean, when, when does the nude part come back? <laughs> so, yeah. Anytime now, kind of like a game of Thrones, like yeah. a new character and you're like, all right, wonder when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, kind of, yeah, there you do, you do see like all like the attractive women eventually, uh, you know, take it off. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, does the nudity add to the story? I don't think it adds to the story, but I mean, it is a very, mm -hmm. like I said, it's a sexy cast. It's a sexy show. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's just kind of the vibe. So like if, if you're, it, it's definitely geared towards guys. The show is, um, yeah, I was just going to say, um, 
based on a, a target demographic that the show is probably trying to hit, that's probably, uh, you know, Rick, this is probably right up our wheelhouse or something. Whereas mm-hmm. if someone who's like kind of older or, or like another gender, they may not necessarily like that, but I'm sure like the show story itself is probably good enough to get the, anyone through it, which is why, I mean, a 68% on from the critics is really not that bad. And of course the fans seem to love it. So the show definitely hit their target demo. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right with that too because not all the critics who are watching and reviewing the show are mm-hmm. watching and reviewing the show because they want to. It's just because maybe they feel like they have to give their score. Yeah. But the audience is generally people who are interested in the genre and like yeah, they picked it. Yeah, they want to see the show, and they not only obviously picked it, they liked it. So if this is a show that you think you'll like, I'm sure you'll probably will like it. Um, no, it's not geared to that older crowd, like you said. It's, I mean, I'm not saying if you're a woman, you won't like it, because I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you do like cyberpunk and stuff like that, you will. But it is definitely uh, geared towards guys. Well, that's definitely something that I will have to take another look at. Um, like I was saying a, l- a couple minutes ago, I do like to leave the TV on as background noise. This was one that I think I, I got like 15 minutes in, and I looked up from my Nintendo Switch for the first time and like, two hours and i was like what is going on so then i I turned it off and was like i don't i'm not in the right headspace to kind of give this a look so um rick based on your recommendation i will definitely check it out and um so i can be all caught up for that new season so yeah i really enjoyed it um one of the for me personally one of the better shows i've seen in a while um you know a lot of shows i think we watch and we're like oh it was pretty good it was meh i really really liked this one um so i'd say on a scale of like one to ten i'm gonna give it an 8.5 i really Mm. considered giving it a nine i didn't want to go too high um one of the reasons why i maybe didn't go to a nine is um i wasn't crazy about the main protagonist he's pretty like stoic and reserved um but what will happen is for season two um is that the lead actor is going to be Anthony Mackie and he plays uh, Falcon in the okay. universe. And what will happen is what makes, I think this show great too, is that Anthony Mackie will step in as the lead character for the show. Um, and because this is a, a world in which your consciousness can be transferred between bodies, um, he's still going to be the same character. It's just going to be mm-hmm. a different body. So the main character's name is uh, it's Takeshi Kovach. So it was played by Joel Kinnaman, uh, a white guy, in season one. And what happens is he, he gives up his body for someone else. And mm. um, you're going to now be introduced to Anthony Mackie playing Takeshi Kovach in season two. So it'll be same characters, mm. just a different face, really. So well, that's, that's really interesting. They're adding in like a... a- like a maybe not an a-list celebrity but definitely like somewhere around the b-list that's pretty cool giving some notoriety to the show and that would probably get more people to watch the first season as well so i think we're actually getting out ahead of things here so um you know when that new season drops and everyone's talking about it just remember the rated pod with rick and dean yeah absolutely i think (laughs) the season two i believe is coming out in february so if you want to watch season one now or closer to february before season two release Go mm-hmm. for it, and uh, I'm sure you'll like it. Oh, definitely. So, Rick, you you had mentioned that you really like the cyber 
punk setting of things. Um, I'm going to ask, have you ever seen, um, it's a show called Electric Dreams on Amazon. It's kind of Amazon's uh, Amazon Video's answer to uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror, of course, is a very popular show on Netflix. So it's very um, kind of dystopian kind of thing. But Electric Dreams is actually more, all of them are all set into like uh, either outer space or into the future, um, things like that. And, um, you know, like you were saying with Paul Rudd, uh, being that, that you kind of look for like a really good cast. Some of the episodes, this is actually why I started watching it. Some of the episodes have, um, Brian Cranston, uh, the guy who played Sir Davos in Game of Thrones, also Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Um, every episode seemingly also, uh, I believe John Hamm as well. Every episode has like a kind of like a big name celebrity in it, which is actually really cool. So Rick, have you, have you checked it out? If not, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I haven't checked it out. I've actually never even heard of it until right now, um, which is which is great too. You know that we talk to each other about this stuff, and hopefully we'll get other people who listen to the show to tell us about maybe lesser known shows that they that they watch and enjoy. Because uh, unless I heard it from you right now, I would not have any idea what Electric Dreams is. Um, but mm-hmm. I do. I do like Black Mirror. Um, some of the okay. show episodes are very hit and miss for me. Some I really enjoy, some not so mm-hmm. much. But I, that's probably the case with most people. Um, but you're saying it's similar to Black Mirror, um, but more in like outer space, which for yeah. me is a positive. I, I like that. See, I like mm-hmm. um, shows in or about space. I like that that interstellar type, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. setting. Um, that sci-fi-esque, uh, you know. That's that's a great word, actually. It's like Black Mirror, but a lot more sci-fi. I know Black Mirror, some episodes have some elements of sci-fi, whereas um, others could just be like a regular, you know, use of a technology that kind of goes wrong a little bit. It's not that compelling. But yeah, I'd say Electric Dreams is a little bit more um, action-y and a lot more um, sci-fi. So it's, it's definitely very good. I, I'm actually going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a hot take. I actually think I like it better than um, Black Mirror. And I, I'm a big Black Mirror fan, but I feel like some of the bad episodes are so bad, whereas mm-hmm. this one, I believe it was only 10 episodes. Um, I don't remember one being um, strikingly bad. I remember that even like the worst ones were still like, wow, that was pretty cool. Okay, that's cool, because I'm not never seeing it. I think I might end up agreeing with you that I'll like it more than Black Mirror, because while I do enjoy Black Mirror, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say I'm this huge fan. Um, honestly, you know, I know a lot of people do really love it and I can see mm-hmm. why. Um, for me though, it's like I said, very hit or miss, but if you have guys like Brian Cranston and Rob Stark, uh, Richard Madden is, is his real name. But if you have like, <laughs> I never knew like, that. <laughs> I, yeah. Richard Madden. And he's, we'll talk about this mm-hmm. on another episode. He has a show on Netflix bodyguard. Really? I've, yes, I've seen it. It's great. <laughs> wait, huh. for the, wait for the episode where I review Bodyguard. Well, I can't so, wait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also saw uh, what's his name? Is it Terrence Howard? He's the guy on like Empire or something. Oh yeah. Right. I, maybe I'm getting the name wrong. I think it's yeah. Terrence no, that, that's definitely it. The guy from uh, Hustle and Flow. That was yeah, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. And I, I may be dating myself uh, with age, but that I remember that came out. That was a great movie. Yes, that's right. That was actually a very good um, episode. Actually, I think the newest season of Black Mirror actually ripped off kind of the concept of that um, that episode specifically on 
of um, Electric Dreams. I also know that um, all of them are short stories written by um, a famous sci-fi author named Philip K. Dick. Um, pause for laughter. But <laughs> but yeah, that, that was... Um, I do know that I've heard of that author before and I've heard short stories from him. So having it being acted out by like good actors too, um, really gives the show some, some depth. Very good. I would definitely, um, put that on your list if you can, or if you have Amazon prime video, I do have Amazon prime video. I will absolutely put it on the list because, uh, there is a sizable weight right now from season one of, uh, altered carbon to season two. And if mm-hmm. I could get some sort of sci-fi, uh, cyberpunk, you know, interstellar type fix, uh, if I can get it from Electric Dreams, then then I'm I'm, I'm all about it. Um, but moving on, because we're going to be closing up the show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, something we're going to try and do every week is come out with a hot take for each of us, because. Nothing stirs the pot and gets people worked <laughs> up and going more than a good old steaming hot take. You know, you just, you just, you smell that, you cook it up, <laughs> you cook it up, and what's that? Ooh, you put, you put your hand on it, burn yourself. That's how hot these takes are sometimes. And people get really fired up about hot takes. And because honestly, there's nothing people mm-hmm. love more than being told what they want to hear. So, so, so when yeah. you say something that goes against how somebody, uh, you know, feels or thinks, whoo, <laughs> yeah, this, this is going to be, this is going to be, um, kind of where we, I, I know that we live in a very click based or click baiting culture. Um, we're uh, obviously, we're not going to try to do that, but, um, you know, it's always good to kind of think outside the box. Uh, Rick and I are esteemed thinkers, so we really do like to go against the grain on some. So I'm actually going to go ahead and I, I might just scorch it if you'll allow me, Rick. And, um, for, for this hot take, you kind of need to follow me along the path of this. And that is that something very, very good could also be overrated. I know that's a weird concept to a lot of people. Um, I really can't think of a good example of that other than sports. Obviously, you know, I have another podcast where I talk about sports, but th- that that's the only reason why I kind of make this comparison is that, yes, the Baltimore Ravens is the number one team of football. Um, they've been lighting it up right now, but when it comes to, you know, betting lines, they could still be overvalued by a couple points. So I would say the most overrated show, the most overrated show on Netflix or wherever it lives now, I I actually don't know, is The Office. And I'm going to pause. I'll pause a little bit for effect. But keep now remember, I said it is still very, very, very good. And but even given that, it can still be overrated. And the reason is, is because I feel like the, The Office overall, on a scale of one to ten, in my opinion, I'd give it about like an eight and a half, right? Kind of like like what you gave Altered Carbon. You you really like the show. I really like The Office, but I really like The Office as the the conglomeration of all of the episodes. That when you start picking out singular episodes and watch it out of context, it's not that funny. And that's another thing too. I don't really think that it's very laugh out loud funny. In my opinion, I've never watched something and started dying laughing. And Rick, this is actually a, a perfect callback to earlier in the episode when we were talking about, you know, we throw on something really funny, get people laughing, and then like that kind of could kick off the hangout to make it a really memorable night. I have gone to hangouts where people put on a random episode of The Office, and it's just not like 
each episode itself is not funny enough to kind of take it to that next level. So uh, once again, to wrap up, you know, don't take away our first episode of, oh, Dean hates the office. It's, you know, I love the office. I think it's a very good show, but it's not a very funny show. If that, if I could get away with saying that, then I will. But I will say overall, pound for pound, it is very overrated, mainly because everyone, I've heard people say it's the funniest show they've ever seen. It's kind of just a really long romantic comedy in my book. So, Rick, how do you respond? I know you're a big Office guy. I am a huge Office guy. I love it. It is, uh, without thinking about it too hard, it's probably my favorite non-drama television show of all time. Hmm. I love it. You have gone scorched (laughs) earth, I think, with your first hot take. uh, The first episode. Yeah, the very first episode, you have gone scorched earth with your hot take here because um, I know there are probably a lot of people who probably just went blind with rage, I think, (laughs) after you said The Office is overrated and didn't hear your reasoning. They probably just heard The Office is overrated and they probably either ran off the road (laughs) or, you know, smashed whatever device they were listening on. Mm -hmm. Um, As for your hot take, I don't, I don't like it, but I can see, I can see where you're coming from. I, I think that's the thing with most hot takes. I think most often you're like, ah, it's, it's so hot. You, you just like, what is this guy talking about? But I can mm-hmm. see where you're coming from um, because the office, it does seem like, I'm going to try to think of a good way to put this, that it has almost achieved this, like, I guess, godlike status yes. amongst uh, TV shows, right? Like there's... Like if there was like a Mount Rushmore of television shows, like it feels mm-hmm. like The Office would be put on there. Like people, oh, yeah. like they they bow at the altar of The Office. And honestly, I might I might be one of those people <laughs> because, <laughs> because I I do genuinely love it. But um, as for what you were saying though, um, like throwing it on mm-hmm. uh, at like a hangout or something, it is a show, um, that sometimes you do kind of have to see previous episodes to kind of understand the humor or something. I have also been at hangouts or whatever, or, you know, been with people and watched the office. I've seen the office and more specifically with people who haven't seen it before. Mm -hmm. And they just flat out don't get the humor. Yeah. Um, It is, it is a, it is a kind of specific type of humor. It's not like knee slapping humor. Although I, I do find it, I find it funnier than you do, um, but I, I can see what people I where they sit down and are just like, why do people find this funny? Yeah, I, I think it's it's so much to the fact that it's it is funny, but it's more of a slow burn. Like it's mm-hmm. the context of it. a lot of their jokes rely on how the characters interact with each other. So, like, I'll give you a great example. Let's just say like you never seen a single episode, and you throw on an episode randomly, and like Toby like says to Michael like. Like, hey, have a good weekend. And he's like, I hope you get hit by a car. Like, all right. (laughs) In itself, like, that could be funny. But at the same time, it's the slow burn of, like, the inside joke of, like, oh, remember every single hour that you've watched a show, they did that consistently. So this is even funnier now. Whereas if you get it on its own, like, to someone who isn't, you know, in the know, they might just be like, why was that guy really mean? Or, like, yeah, that guy's a dipshit, but, like, why are we, like, just kind of crushing them right here. So I, I think where uh, the thing that I'm trying to get at is that the episodes aren't self-contained at all. So it's hard to get context 
from each individual episode. But I will say, as far as like an entire series goes, it was very good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I could see someone watching an episode and like Michael Scott, who is probably one of the most like lovable characters on television. Um, mm-hmm. I, you could see him like talk to Toby and you think to yourself like, wow, that guy's an asshole, <laughs> yep. you know, or, or you see um, Dwight and you're like this, he has to have some sort of learning disability. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, taken as a whole though. I mean, if you are a fan of the show and you, you do watch it regularly, it is awesome. I think the, the love story between Jim and Pam is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It, it is hard not to fall in love with even the smallest of characters like you and I, we both have the uh, great affection for Creed. Creed is, yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's hilarious. So you do like almost all the characters. So I guess if you do want to see it is a little bit overrated for the fact that maybe standalone episodes aren't as good as when you watch them together. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I could see where you're coming from. Um, and, and Rick, I, I think too, I think that since it just, became available for a lot of people to binge watch. Whereas uh, I'm sure like not a lot of people followed it when it was on the air. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that because it is like one of the most binged shows on Netflix, I think that's what's kind of causing a second wave of um, this fandom from people. Whereas, you know, we all kind of lived through it as the show was going on. So it's just a second wave, which is causing it to be a little bit more overrated in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because now it's, readily accessible for everyone and anyone who wants to watch it whenever they want now for my hot take it oh um, yeah hit me with it it it, it, i think it kind of uh is relatable a little bit to the to your hot take with the office um because the office is a sitcom uh it is funny um and now my hot take though is that sitcoms and shows with a laugh track are un watchable yeah you cannot watch shows with a laugh track i feel that if you have to be told when to laugh that you're not funny i agree do you know what i mean like if 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 the show has to laugh for you i mean Mm -hmm. come on man like here and, and i understand that there are shows with laugh tracks that are wildly popular. Like some of the yep. most like popular shows freaking ever have laugh mm-hmm. tracks on them. And you know, back in like the like the nineties, if you want to put a laugh track on there or whatever, like that's what like everyone did for their sitcom. So fine. Like I get it. If there's a show now with a laugh track, cancel it. Like cancel it. So one of the shows that has a laugh track that is wildly popular is Mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory. Oh. You can go online. I'm sure there's something on YouTube because I've seen them before. Go online, go on YouTube or Google it somehow. Find a clip or an episode mm-hmm. of the Big Bang Theory without the laugh track and then come tell me that the <laughs> Big Bang Theory is a good show. I dare you. It is not. It is awful. It is, it's unwatchable. It's just a bunch of like nerdy jerks just sitting around <laughs> – talking about crap that you don't want to ever hear about. 
And it like, really and, is. <laughs> and like for me, like like you know me, I'm I could get pretty nerdy sometimes. Like I love Star yeah. Wars. You know, I majored Same. in biology. Like I, I I'm into science. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here talking about how I like cyberpunk and like spacey sci-fi right. shows. Like I I I'm someone who is nerdy. Uh, you know, <laughs> myself, mm -hmm. and I think Big Bang Theory is garbage. <laughs> So, uh, Rick, let me let me ask you this, and this could be our fan question of the week. Uh, I'm not sure, and you know that I have some strong opinions on one of the sides, and it might not be the one that you think, but Rick Chuba, in your life right now, would you rather get punched in the face or watch an episode of Young Sheldon? It's a, Which, for those of you who don't know, it's a spinoff of The Big Bang Theory. It's uh, the main character, Sheldon, when he was a little kid. I heard that that show is unbearable, and I can't imagine how much worse it is because I think the Big Bang Theory is unbearable. So, Rick, punch in the face or a young Sheldon? What are you on with? Let me tell you something right now. Never in my life have I been asked an easier question. <laughs> because you've all heard how I feel about Big Bang Theory, and my opinions of young Sheldon are even stronger. I'll tell you right <laughs> now, give me, without a doubt, a punch to the face, <laughs> right right in the kisser because I'm telling you right now cuts heal bruises heal blood can be wiped away but the <laughs> mental and emotional torture from watching young Sheldon is <laughs> never is, fades <laughs> it stays with you it stays with you forever you you try to forget and I'm sure there are some days that you wake up and then go to sleep and you go through the entire day never having thought about young Sheldon but it's, it's those moments when it's you're always there yeah, when those moments when you least expect it where young Sheldon pops in your head and you think about it. And now you might be <laughs> thinking, well, you don't watch Big Bang Theory, so there's no way you would watch young Sheldon. Your opinion means nothing to me. Oh, oh yeah. hold, on, hold on a second. <laughs> because I can tell you I actually have watched about three or four episodes of young Sheldon. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> why why would you watch you yeah, why why and how <laughs> that's a great question wait great question because honestly if i could have asked someone that i was with to punch me in the face instead i would have <laughs> no i had family from out of state visiting for the holidays mm -hmm. and i don't want to call this person out but i have a family member who believe it or not their favorite show is young Sheldon. So, oh man. So you know when you have family over you kind of cater to whatever they want to do or whatever. So Yeah. This my family member was like, "You know what? You should watch. You <laughs> you should watch <laughs> Young Sheldon. It's so funny." And they're trying to like explain a scene that they found hilarious and I'm sitting there and I've got the fakest of smiles on my face. And we're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, we should watch Young Sheldon." I'm like, "Oh, no." So we throw on Young Sheldon, and it is the worst three episodes of television that I've ever mm -hmm. seen. There's no doubt. It is actual mental and emotional torture. <laughs> but, but, Dean, now that you know how I feel, punch to the face or Young Sheldon? Yeah, that's an easy, easy punch to the face. Honestly, like, I I've always... Uh, I've always said that I think each person should get punched in the face like once every five years, kind of like renewing your license just to so that you kind of learn to recenter yourself. 
Um, that might be one of my more unpopular opinions. But uh, given that I, I do feel like that about getting punched in the face and how I feel about young Sheldon, I think I would rather get kind of smacked around a little bit. But um, you know what, Rick? Uh, I know that we talked about a, lo- a little bit. We talked a lot about bad shows towards the end, uh, Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, even though you know Big Bang Theory, I believe, is the most Emmy-nominated nightly sitcom or some, something There's like that. Some unfathomable stat about that. Yeah, you're right. It might, it might be. <laughs> it is a very critically acclaimed show. But um, honestly, I think this is sparking a, a nice little ending question uh, for you and maybe something that we can pick up on next week for the pod. Uh, Rick, what is your worst? What's the worst show you've ever seen? The worst movie and worst video game you've ever seen, played, etc. I think that might be a, a nice, fun little discussion uh, we could hash out, especially when it comes to games. I have a feeling, you know, some of the least, some of your worst games ever might be something that I actually like, and vice versa. Get a little bit of crossfire going on um, rather than agreement. So, um, Rick, I want you to really think about that one, and you too, listener. I kind of want you to write into us once we have that established. Of course, I'll, I'll be throwing that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll be definitely a couple uh, good questions to start off our next episode with, because uh, there there are definitely some front runners, but you want to think about what uh what the actual worst of the worst is. That'll <laughs> be a real real fun discussion. I think we actually have um, our next episode. It's going to be uh, a review of The Irishman. Yes. Um, so that'll be hopefully released sometime later on this week. We want to get it out as soon as we can uh, while uh, the Irishman is still kind of hot right now. Um, But aside from those questions, worst movie, worst TV show, worst video game. And if you guys want to put your input on being punched in the face or watching (laughs) Sheldon and give us even your reactions to our hot takes, Dean, do you have anything else to add before we, we call it quits? No, I just, um, you know, to wrap up our first ever episode, I'm, I'm actually very excited for the, the future. And um, Rick, I look forward to talking to you a lot more on this beautiful audio uh, platform so that all of our friends, family, and fans can listen. And, um, of, of course, listeners, uh, we take a lot of suggestions or else we're just two guys um, Skyping each other over some distance. So, um, you know, fan feedback is key and i look forward to many many episodes to come all right guys we hope you enjoyed the show can't wait till our next episode remember it is the irishman give us your reactions hang with your bros love your hoes and don't forget watch those (laughs) shows 